Welcome to another episode of the Brighter Web Podcast. Insights on growing a small business using the latest technology and marketing best practices. I'm Robert. That's Mickey. Hey, good to be here, Robert. Excited to dive into yet another episode. This will be an interesting one, something that affects pretty much everybody, so yes, to this, some degree. This is certainly a recent topic that people are interested on, a hot button issue, if you will. We're tackling the, the hard and controversial things in this podcast. Yep. So, so what are we talking about? What do we mean talking by about, that? Talking about remote versus on-premise versus hybrid work. Where should people be? Do offices matter? Pros and cons of each? We'll unpack that a little bit. Oh, yes. And I'm sure everybody's got their own opinions, and we certainly do too. But this is based on our own experiences in running the Green Melon Agency. Well, you're, you're running it. I'm working for you at <laughs> yeah. Green Melon. But we certainly have our own experiences when it comes to remote and hybrid work. So I guess initially to, to start that off, like... Is hybrid and remote work uh, all it's really cracked up to be? Is Obviously, a lot more people want that to be part of their job. They expect it as a benefit. But is it is this really the future of work, or is this just a recent fad that we're going through in you know this time and space as of 2022? I think generally speaking, it is the future, but not not entirely. But I think, I think it really could be for a lot of companies. It depends a lot on the industry. Different industries, if you need to do physical labor, putting together cars or whatever, like you have to be there. But... It depends on the industry. I think some businesses can get away with it more than others, like ours. I mean, as much as we like being together, half our clients aren't even in the state of Georgia. Like, So we, we're remote with them, whether we have an office or not. It's remote to them. And now 25% of our staff is, is remote. We have yep. you know, one in Nashville and one in Michigan that we get together when we can, but it's a little little difficult. It's 800 miles up I-75 to get to Michigan there, so not easy to get together. So we're, we're forced to do it a little bit, and it's been it's been okay. But Really, it also comes down to the individual to the degree they're able to from their boss. Some people are more productive at home and some are more productive at the office. I know I tend to be more productive at the office, escaping the distractions of home, but a lot of people, especially on our team, I know they're much more productive at home. So individual mindsets can matter a lot. Yes, that, that latter category definitely applies to me, partially because when we get in the office, we haven't seen each other in a little while, so we want to chit chat and catch up yep, and, there's and a just lot talk that. about things, which is also a benefit. Like we will talk about the pros and cons of, of working inside or outside the office. But I know when I need to put my head down and get work done, it's much easier for me to do that at home. And I'm blocked off my calendar and I can shut my door and all those kind of things and eliminate some of the distractions. Yep. So like you've mentioned, Green Melon has been doing this for a little while. Obviously there was times when we were in the office a little bit more frequently and now a little bit less, but how has this worked for for this agency and us as an organization? Just to frame it too, even before COVID, we were only in the office, all of us, a couple times a week. We've done that. So we've been doing this for years. Certainly during much of 2020, we didn't come in at all, just out of concern for safety. But now we're back to once or twice a week. And that seems to be a pretty good mix where when we're all in person, like you said, a lot of great collaboration time, but also some good social time, which is less, quote, productive, but it's also important you know, to right. know your team, the better your team and trust your team is always good. And then remote work, we encourage a couple things to make that more successful because when you're remote, it can be easy just to get lost and just work all day. And so we want people to block out their lunch hours and make sure they take time for that. Um, make sure they stay in communication channels with us. You know, we're big Slack users, so we're on Slack quite a bit. So just staying engaged with the team and even on Slack, we often will pull up quick video chats. Just say, hey, can you talk for a second? Turn a quick Slack into a quick video chat, which makes it more personal and keeps that connection. And it seems to be a pretty good mix. Absolutely. So 
What are some of those benefits, pros and cons as we see it when it comes to, I guess, remote work specifically? Because we know when it comes to being in the office, but what are, yeah, what are the pros of, of remote work and what are some of the downsides to it? So the pros certainly are more flexibility. That's a huge one where people can work when they see fit. That, that works for, again, depends on the company you are, but in our case, for the most part, our people can work when they want to. If they want to take a longer break in the afternoon, that's great and catch up in the evening, whatever works. And in most jobs, I think there's some degree of that. Uh, there's no commute, which is generally speaking a good thing. I miss that a little bit just because that's my only podcast time to, to listen to those. <laughs> so I need some of that commute time, but generally I think less commute is good. Uh, it'll often lead to happier employees and can save money in offices. We pay a decent amount for this office and will that make sense to do another year or two? It's something we're always looking at and we may or may not be here in a few years and we'll see what happens. So it uh, is interesting to see certain businesses who are a lot more able to do remote work going fully remote and having a, a global team and connecting all those things, but that's not always easy to do for maybe a, a few of the con reasons. Yep, and some of the con reasons uh, we've attacked a little bit already, but less FaceTime. FaceTime on Zoom is one thing, but being in, in person with one another is certainly, I think, a lot better. And so we try to do that when we can. Uh, there can be the abuse of company time. We're not gonna set up tracking tools and stuff. So I guess either, there's the risk of employees abusing the time or there's a lot of overhead of monitoring and making sure there's time tracking every minute spent and either one's a downside. I think it, the positive is if you can trust your team, that's why we have a, such a long, long-term long team. You know, a lot of our employees have been here for years and years. I trust them. I know that when they're at home, they're getting things done because the work shows it. We're not, I'm not worried about how many hours people work. I want the, the product to show up and it does. So that's still a, a potential concern, not in our case as much. Less collaboration can be an issue. Again, we have digital tools to take care of that, but it's still different than sitting down side by side and hammering out a problem together can, can be a little bit better and can lead to more isolation. And again, we try to work on that with things like video chats and stuff, but even if you're home, just video chatting all day can get tough, so. So it seems like some of that is just adjusting because prior to 2020, most of us had been on maybe a few Zoom calls, but it wasn't a part of our daily life. Now, for most of us, for many of us, it is a regular part. We have multiple Zoom or Google Meet calls every single day and you can get Zoom fatigue, but I think you can also start to get more acclimated to that over time and figure out ways to be more collaborative, even in a remote environment. So like you said, there are some industries that will always necessitate coming into an office and being physically together. But for some of us, it just takes a little bit of an adjustment to figure out, okay, well, how I, we're all working from home. We can still be collaborative. We just have to figure out what tools to use and, and how to approach that from a psychological and social perspective. Yep, absolutely. So as businesses are trying to make that decision and figure out, do we force people to come back into the office? Do we allow people to stay remote? Do we try to figure out a balance of the two and be a hybrid workspace? What are some of the kind of things that they need to consider and, and ways to make that decision on the balance of, of working? Yeah, it's really interesting to watch this, especially among big companies now, where both in the last few weeks here, Apple and Tesla have both been the news for this, where they both have demanded that people come back to the office and Apple lost some key employees over that and they've since backed off a little bit. And Tesla has said, condescendingly from Elon, he said, you can work from home as much as you want as long as you put in at least 40 hours at the office. Basically saying he wants you to work 60 or 80 or whatever it's, but people are not happy with either of them, but they see the advantage. Those companies see the advantage of people being in-house. So, so how does that work? Uh, so for us, we really just want to make hybrid slash remote work as well as we can. And so there's really four pieces we look at there. One is finding the right communication channels. So we've talked about Slack. If you use Microsoft, they have Teams, has some of that stuff in there. Teams also will do the video piece of that, or you can use Zoom. Uh, we use a lot of Google Meet for that just because it's, it integrates with our stuff a little bit better. Tools like Loom for screen recordings, Loom or things like ZipMessage or some of those platforms where you can do like 
asynchronous video chat can mm -hmm. be very helpful where you send someone a video message, they can reply to it later with a video message. So you're not having to, to bother people all the time necessarily. Helping people set boundaries. That could be, could be huge just to make sure people aren't working too much and getting isolated and getting burned out. And we did a, a whole episode on mental health and yeah. burnout, how to watch that, especially in a remote work environment. So we can, we will link obviously in the show notes back to that episode because that's very relevant to this conversation. For as sure. Well. Great call there. Uh, third one is just finding ways to maintain a culture and keep people plugged in, plugged into the work, but plugged into the team too, making sure we're staying connected. So that's where, again, we try to get together as a team, you know, meet in person when we can. A little more difficult as the team gets more and more remote, but... I know a lot of companies, even bigger ones, will make sure they fly in their people from overseas if need be from time to time. And that's one of the ones that I think is going to be the hardest thing to maybe figure out because collaboration and getting a project done is one thing, but making sure that people know one another and like one another and can get along and all of those softer things are a lot harder and that, that obviously bleeds into a company's culture. So how do you maintain a strong culture and keep people happy and keep people engaged in the work they're doing? There are, there are ways and there may be tricks to, for businesses to be able to do that, but that does become a lot harder and just means that you have to be a lot more intentional about what things are we going to be doing to keep a good, strong company culture and keep people engaged and happy. Yeah, and you led to my fourth point here, which is Keep an open mind and listen to what your team expects. Our team will tell us that they want to, they'd want they rather work at home more this week because they have some deadlines. They want to just mm -hmm. put their head down and focus. Other times, they say, I got to get out. Let's let's do something. Let's go. I'll play putt-putt one night this week mm -hmm. or just do whatever. Not that we've ever done that, but that would be a fun <laughs> one with that thing. But just listening to the team and, and taking care of what they expect yeah. and what they would like to see. And and to your point, I think really this is a, a little bit of a struggle between some of the businesses, the leadership of companies and the employees, the, the teams that are doing a lot of the work. And especially with big businesses, that is a struggle that a lot of management wants people to come back. Hey, we're paying for this big office space. We want to see your faces. It, it's a lot easier to know and what you're doing that you're actually putting in the work. And the employees are like, well, this is a lot bigger benefit for me if I'm staying home and you give me the flexibility. So it's, it's a matter of trust in a lot of cases and, and being able to put each other's best interests in mind. So that's one of the reasons why hybrid work can often work really well because it is a good compromise, a good middle point. Now, how much work you're doing at home versus in the office is, is that place where you need to come together and just find mutual common ground of what's going to work best for, for both parties. Yeah, and it's interesting. I, do, I don't have a great perspective on it, but it'd be interesting if we had a thousand employees, how I'd feel about sure. this, because I wouldn't know. I know all eight of us very well, and I know what people are doing, what they're not doing, everything's getting done. But to have a lesser grasp on that would be, would be tricky. I think it's the bigger companies that are pushing more to bring people in so they can keep an eye on things. Your other point, though, was where people said, we're spending all this money in the office, so we might as well use it. I hear people say that one a lot, and that one's just silly to me. It's, it's a sunk cost thing. I mean, sure. you're paying for the office either way, whether it's empty or full, so do what's right for your employees sure. either way. And whether your employees stay home, you're still paying for the office, but if it's making them better for them to be at home, they should be at home. It feels bad to have an empty office you're paying for, but moving people into it just because of that is is foolish. And, and perhaps that changes what our office spaces look like. Maybe mm -hmm. they become just a lot more flexible and, hey, we're going to... We're going to shrink our footprint, but we're going to have a lot more just open space where if you need to come and grab a desk, you can do that. You don't have an assigned desk or an assigned office. So it may change what it looks like to be in person, but that should still likely in a lot of cases be a common component 
of, of businesses. Yeah, very true. I could almost see us having just a nice conference room. It's mm -hmm. really all, when we come in a couple times a week, that's basically where we spend our time together right. at the conference table. So you could almost get rid of all the other little offices we have and just have that. That could be an interesting, yeah. interesting angle. So we'll see where it goes. And there are some businesses like us, small businesses that are just getting employees passes to shared workspaces and mm -hmm. saying, hey, if you need to go somewhere with dedicated Wi-Fi or to, to have a meeting or a phone call, you can go grab a space at one of those those shared workspaces, yep. but you know, otherwise, your shared workspace is your is your living room or your right. dining room at home. Yep. So ultimately, the last question that we want to pull this around back to is: is what does this actually mean for marketing specifically? What is this? How does this impact a business's marketing and digital marketing? So I think online presence continues to matter more than ever in a couple different ways. I mean, one, of course, your online presence just as a company that hasn't really changed with COVID. I think it's still important. But now you're not going to necessarily have that FaceTime with clients as often. If you don't have an office, you're doing more virtual things. How can you make the best use of that? Again, whether it's asynchronous video like Loom or whatever, or more video calls or meeting at places, trying to figure that out, I think is super important. Um, and then with your team, same thing, collaboration, communication become a bigger challenge. I mean, it is easier to collaborate, communicate in person than it is virtually with the distractions that come with it. So it's not like it's always better, but it, it's, it's more of a challenge remote, still achievable. And then it offers some advantages. Like in our case, if we were to stop having our office, we would have a couple thousand dollars every month. We could put back into marketing and in other channels to see what results we get out of that. And maybe that would work out better. So a lot of different ways to look at that. And that last one may not impact every business because every business may not make the decision to shrink their office space. Right. But that is a thought that if you are pulling back on some of the in-person costs or if you went to lunch every single week and your business was paying for that, no, maybe you, you save that and you put the money into something that's going to continue to help grow your business in another way. Yep, for sure. Okay. So great stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Maybe you're listening to it from home or, or <laughs> on you your go. commute to your physical office. But either way, if you have been, thank you for listening to this episode of the Brighter Web Podcast brought to you by Green Melon, a digital marketing agency. To help your business keep up with the latest digital marketing trends, check us out at greenmelon.com. You can also find show notes and more episodes at abrighterweb.com.